from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. North Carolina, bye week this past week. Drake May, bye week. Nate McCollum, bye week. Mac Brown, bye week. Cedric Gray, bye week. Out of sight, out of mind a little bit. There's been a lot that has happened since then. North, Car- North Carolina State played on a Friday, nationally televised game, and switched quarterbacks since the last time we, we saw North Carolina play football. Duke played on national television, had game day, had a whole day, and guess what? By way of force, they might be changing quarterbacks. All since the last time we saw the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill play football. The Tar Heels were on a bye week, and they have to be shot out of a cannon coming out of that bye week. They have to be laser-focused in, unlike anything we've seen this season from them. Crystallizing everything they have in front of them, right? There, there's a moment where you recognize, like, it might actually happen, right? There's a moment where, where you recognize your dreams might come true, and, and all you have to do is pour everything you have into it. Louisville, Florida State, and North Carolina are the only completely, not just in conference, but total undefeated teams in the ACC. You can throw in Virginia Tech and Duke if if uh, you want to go to just conference schedules. Not worried about Virginia Tech and Duke in a very precarious situation with their quarterback. Louisville, after watching them against NC State, I'm not particularly afraid of them. That leaves Florida State and North Carolina. You have the path to the ACC championship game. And you don't have Florida State on your schedule, so you beat them in the ACC championship game, you're on your way. Think about You can make some waves nationally. And by the way, that's the point of this entire season, right? When you have one of those rare guys at quarterback, you build up for their last year on campus to be a year where you do something special. And yes, conference champ- championships are always first on the the vision board and your goal charts, and that's what you mutter to sleep at night when when you blow out your your birthday candles. That's what you do. But then all of a sudden, halfway through the season or to a third of the way through the season, you look around, and you go, "Wait a wait a wait a minute, Clemson fell off. Wait a wait a wait a minute." Look at some of these other teams. The SEC's kind of beating themselves up. Georgia's not looking like they're going to go unscathed, although they are at the moment. They've had some legitimate scares. Bama's falling off. North Carolina, can. there's a path here. You just have to do everything you can not to squander it. And here's the other uh, kind of uh, 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 gasoline on the fire, right? The one more log, right? You, you ever get that one when you're having like a bonfire? One more log? Yeah. No one ever says no to one more log. and Toss it on there. The one more log is you have Drake May, and we have not seen Drake May be his Drake Mayest as of yet this year. That's not to say he's been bad. Certain advanced analytics like what he's done. He's 38th in passing efficiency rating uh, across the, the entire country. But I have to imagine that he has more in him. If you're the second most talented quarterback in the country, which I believe he is, 
some would say the best. We had Tim Hasselbeck on, who's been a longtime analyst, uh, analyst for the ACC Network now. He called him the best prospect he's seen in 15 years. And then name drop Matt Stafford and Andrew Luck and all these guys that he didn't think were as good as Drake May. That was on our show. He said that. I have to imagine if you whether you you're in my camp and you think he's the second most talented prospect in the country this year, or you're in Matt Hasselbeck's camp and you think he's the most talented prospect of the last 15 years, or if you're anywhere between the two of us, you have to imagine he's not going to finish the season in 38th in passing efficiency rating. You have to imagine he's going to get better than that. He's going to do better than that. So how far can you go? The sky is the limit. And and I have to be honest with you. Every coach would tell every team, we can go as far as, as your hard work takes us. Most coaches know we can go as far as eight and four. Right? It's like, hey, if things break our way, if we really put in the work, if we all lock in and focus, if everyone in this room makes it a priority to get better every game, we can realistically go 9-3. and three. Like, that's most coaches' knowledge. North Carolina can realistically say, if we lock in, if we play our best football at the best moments, if we get a little bit of luck because everybody needs it and our, our generational quarterback carries us, there's nothing saying we won't be in the college football playoff this year. And a bye week is a great time to realize that. A bye week is a great time to look at the surroundings and go, you know what? I don't know if there's many teams in our conference that I wouldn't take us against. I don't know if there's any teams in our conference that I wouldn't take us against. Now, all of that to say this, I haven't seen it yet. Right, I'm I'm hard on North Carolina because I see more from North Carolina, and we haven't seen it yet. We've seen splashes. We've seen, hey, that was a really good quarter. We've seen, hey, that was a really good half. We have not seen them put together a really good game, and that's what it's going to take to achieve the type of goals that I'm talking about. You can't wait to get bailed out. You can't go two overtime against a, a group of five team, no disrespect to App State, but if you're talking college football playoff, there's levels to this. I know, oh, by the way, as an ACC fan, I want as many possible college football playoff teams <laughs> out there as, as we can possibly have. I don't want it to just be Florida State, and if they suffer a bad loss, there's nobody else there to, to step in. Like you mentioned, things are setting up perfectly on it, not only just an ACC skill, but a national skill for Carolina. And yeah. as you mentioned, we haven't even seen them play their peak yet. And I think the bye week probably was actually a good time for them to sit back Catch their breath, reevaluate, and like you, you use the, the the term, shot out of a cannon. Yeah, like this is this is a prime run that Carolina can make. I know it's not going to be easy because Duke your is not going to be yeah, a pushover. Your schedule is your schedule. Yeah, Duke's not going to be a pushover. Rivalry game with NC State, even though NC State might not be as good this year, it's still a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. You know what they they won last year's game with Ben Finley at quarterback <laughs> at Chapel Hill. So it's not it's you not going to be the an records easy thing. out when it comes to a rivalry game, and Dennis. So they say. But nonetheless, yeah, it's not going to be easy, but it's setting up perfectly for them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If MJ Morris is going to significantly improve the NC State offense, which is the goal, all right, you don't make this switch for small improvements. You make this switch for big improvements. I have two things that absolutely need to happen, and they're not easy. And they're not exactly uh, like MJ Morris's responsibility, but two things need to change, right? Yesterday, we talked a lot about the switch. We talked a lot about going from Brennan Armstrong to MJ Morris and why now and uh, was Brennan Armstrong actually the problem and what other things were holding back the offense in addition to some of the decision-making by Brennan Armstrong. If MJ Morris is going to significantly improve the NC State offense, these two things need to happen. Number one, they need to call the offense, meaning play call the offense, with the quick passing game as its foundation. Right, you can't wait. You can't take too long in the pocket. I went back and watched some some MJ Morris film from from last year. MJ Morris is what I call a completions hunter. Right, he's out there uh, appearing as if he is a good and a fast decision maker. This is one of the biggest reasons why I think this this transition has a chance to improve the offense. The offensive line has had a rough go of it. That's not an insult. That's just an observation. They've had a rough go of it. And if you can get successful plays because your quarterback is making very quick decisions and getting the ball out of his hands, that is something that can take some pressure off the offensive line. If you're not seeing it, if you're not as quick with the decision-making, if if you're you're – needing play action or or five and seven step drops to get completions, the offensive line has to protect for three, four, and five seconds, and sometimes that's just too much to ask. So if you can get the ball to MJ Morris in the shotgun, it's catch, it's look, it's throw, it's pre-snap recognition, that can help a bunch. But that also goes into play calling, right? That also goes into play calling. You can't call plays that take a long time to develop and then expect the quarterback to get the ball out of his hand quickly. Right, what I saw from MJ Morris, and it was a small sample size. All right, it's not like the guy played two seasons. He's he played a handful of games last year, five, and and not even all of all of them. Yeah, right. He was mixing in with Chambers there for a while. In the small sample size, I think he knows where to go with the ball fairly quickly. But guess what? Like a double move, or a like a deep post, or a you know ten yard square in. It doesn't matter if you know, like, hey, that's where I'm going to throw it. You still have to wait for the route to develop. I can't just be, I want to throw it there. It's like, well, yeah, I got to I gotta get there first, says the wide receiver. So the play calling has to be quick slants, has to be speed outs, has to be uh, hitches, goes, has to be things that, that kind of boil the route tree down to what, it, what it, it is at its most basic. Second thing they need to do, and this is the one that I, I – <laughs> It's bad. It's a. This is a bad conversation to have when I started the show by saying I try to be a solutions guy and not just a problems guy. Because I I have the solution. I have no idea how to do it. They need to get the running game going with the running backs. 
They need to get the running game going with the running backs being the ball carrier. MJ Morris is not a statue, but he is not a running quarterback, at least not from the small sample size I watched. Dave Doran told the media earlier this year that Brennan Armstrong was the fastest quarterback he had coached in Raleigh. And that obviously included MJ Morris. He had coached him last year. So he was like, oh, Brennan Armstrong, whatever he hit, 22 on the 22 miles per hour on the GPS. We've never had anything like that. That means MJ Morris wasn't anything like that. So if you take away Brennan's contribution to the running game, mm-hmm. who is making that up? Also, it doesn't help that Jordan Houston no longer with the team. Very well your, played. Your, your top running back coming into the season. Who actually, at times when they struggled the quarterback last year, like the Florida State game, he had his best game, whatever it was, 90 yards and 40 receiving. So if you take away Brennan Armstrong's contribution to the running game, who is making that up? Has to be the running backs. Has to be the running backs. I could see an improvement in the passing game. But it, it's it's a sliding scale, right? If you get 10% better in the passing game and 10% worse in the running game, you're right where you stand. That's one step forward, one step back. And by the way, these things are not easy, right? If, if they were easy, they probably would have done them after game one. They have to find a way to run the football with the running backs. Now, that could be just more of a dedication to the running game. It could be. Right, and this is where everything's connected, and I talk about that often in offensive football. It could be if MJ Morris is completing a significantly higher amount of his passes, defenses can't stack the box as much, and guys like Michael Allen, uh, guys like uh, Delbert Mims, they can get going a bit more on the inside. They do seem like between the tackles runners. Maybe that's the the way this all this whole thing gets unlocked, but that's putting a whole lot of pressure on that that quick passing game. Right, because right now, like I would love to see MJ Morris in a play action, but if I'm the defense, why am I biting on a play action? Right, you haven't shown me the ability to to gash up defenses with the run outside of your quarterback keeps, and you just took away your most athletic quarterback. So much so, I saw this kicking around on message boards. Um, maybe keeping some kind of role for Brennan Armstrong, where you're bringing him in on certain plays to run some kind of a Taysom Hill role. I don't like that because I don't like playing two quarterbacks. I don't like what Taysom Hill does to Derek Carr. I've never liked that. But I get why fans would be saying, hey, is there a way we could keep the Brennan Armstrong running game portion of this? Yeah. Could could we have just MJ Morris take the passing downs? Make him a running back. But uh, I don't even know if that would work. Um, actually I'm pretty confident it wouldn't. Um, but it, like, the, I, I can see why your mind would walk down that path. I can see why you'd be curious about like, Hey, is there a way we could keep him getting 60, 70 rushing yards a game while MJ Morris becomes more decisive and, and sees the field better as a passer. And my answer to that is probably not, but I get it. <laughs> my answer is it's probably not that easy to just trot out Brennan Armstrong on third and four and have him go run for the first down. Probably not. But I, I understand the need because I don't know where the running game is going to go from now either. I don't know what's going to happen to the running game with MJ Morris out there. I just know that the running backs are going to have to shoulder a larger portion of the load, and they looked content to to figure out what's going on with the, the portion of the running load they already had. I don't think they were, you know, 
when a running game is averaging like seven yards per carry, I'm like, all right, yeah, give the running game more volume. When they're not doing that, I get a little bit more concerned with giving them more volume. Usually volume gets worse. The, or, sorry, efficiency gets mm-hmm. worse the more volume there is, not the opposite way around. It's not like, hey, you know, if we just gave them 30, 35 carries, I think our yards per carry would go up <laughs> if it were more predictable that they were getting the ball. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.